the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. Well, last week we had an opportunity to speak with Teresa Rinker. She's the Regional Director of Pacific Northwest Region for Healing Heart Ministries International. And Teresa, welcome back to Thank Heart you. of the City. And um, Nice to be here. You shared your story about uh, having an abortion. Mm-hmm. You were a married woman at the time. You we were. And uh, you had an experience uh, where uh, you went through an abortion, and you shared about that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. the issues of abortion, but I'd love for you to go back and just kind of do a recap of what mm-hmm. we talked about last week. Okay. Well, um, I've been married 42 years, and I like to start with that because um, our marriage was able to survive an abortion experience, which is not very common these days in women's abortion experiences. But we have been married 42 years, and um, I'm very grateful to the grace and and love and mercy of the Lord, because it's only through that, through him that the marriage really was able to survive. And through that abortion experience and hearing the gospel for the first time and realizing um, the the horrible... um, sin of abortion and that it was sin and that it was um, uh, not just difficult and hard and emotional and all those things, but that it hurt God yeah. and that it hurt us and it hurt our family. Yeah. And um, those were all many, many of the parts of our salvation experience were because of that abortion. Well, you had shared that uh, you had been married for a few years mm-hmm. and that uh, you'd already had a child yes. and uh, that your husband had gotten into a relationship where he was making a decision whether mm-hmm. he was going to stay with you or right. go with this other person. And you discovered you were pregnant. Exactly. So the mm-hmm. day he announces that that uh, he's going to leave is the day you announce to him that you're going to have another baby. Right. And his response to that was, we, we have to have an abortion. I've already made my decision and you can't, you know, you, you just need to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't know anything about abortion at that time. I had never spoken to another woman who'd had one. It was very newly a law. And I don't even know what I believed about abortion. Right. But it just seemed like this is something that you had to do or yeah. needed to do, and so there fear was really driving that. Yeah. How was I going to provide for my son? We were going to. I was going to have to move home and live with my parents. How could I do that with two children? It was just uh, yeah, yeah, a real roller coaster of fear. So you go through that uh, procedure, have an abortion, mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks later, your husband comes back mm-hmm. to you. You hadn't gotten a divorce yet. No, husband comes back and says, "I messed up." Yeah. And, and I want, I want to come I've made back. a horrible mistake. Mm-hmm. And my thought was, I've killed my baby for nothing. Yeah, yeah. And that's really when my grief and my sin came up over my head. Like, it literally felt like I was drowning in it. Mm-hmm. And that's 
how I lived life for many, many months after that. Yeah. If you want to hear that whole story of the program we did earlier with Teresa, you can always go to uh, the wordseattle.com and click on Heart of the City, and you can look at the podcast and listen to the full story of what mm. uh, Teresa had to share. But we wanted to do this part two today because we wanted to talk about, it's interesting you should say you felt like you had to have an abortion, that you really mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. consider alternatives. Not at all. And so what's the mindset? What's mm-hmm. the process that you go through when you're confronted with that mm-hmm. thought, whether yeah. it's put on by you or whether it's enforced mm-hmm. by someone else? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on? There's, I think at the time as well for myself and for many other women, there's crisis. And in crisis, we don't think well. We don't reason because we are in crisis. And in crisis, your body's responding to that. Your mind is response, responding to that. Your emotions are responding to that. And it's almost as if you shut down, so to speak, and almost become robotic. And for me, I was a very obedient child, and I was a very obedient wife. And I had never had cause to not obey my husband. And... Um, and I think I just really kicked into that mode. And again, like I said last week, or yes, last week, um, he didn't hold a gun to my head. I take full responsibility for my part in that decision. But I can see now that um, fear was absolutely driving the train. And, um, and just... Um, it's just fear. I can't even think of any other word other than fear. And fear is a, an incredible motivator, it isn't is. it? I mean, the, the fear bad. of, okay, what am I going to do financially? Yeah. What am right. I, what are my, of course you were married, so it wouldn't be, what are my friends going to say? Because you were married, but, right. but for those that aren't married, you know, what, am, how am I going to provide for this baby? What's the yeah. future going to be? The world doesn't need another, mm-hmm. you know, single parent. Right. Those all, are all, all the, the thoughts things. that you have. And then you go to the rhetoric from the, 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 the um, pro-choice community is no bigger than a, than a tip of a pencil. There's no, um, you know, you're not, it's not a baby. It's just a fetus. Well, I'd already had a baby. So that, that part was really hard, but I grabbed onto those lies as hard as I could hmm. to, to be able to do what I needed to do, to be able to go through with that abortion and end the life of my child, I had to not just steal my heart and my mind and my will and my emotions, but I had to lie to myself and I had to accept all those lies and then I had to stick to them. Mm. That becomes your rationalization, becomes all the reasons why you made that choice. You have to hold on to that. And that's why when he came back just several weeks later saying, I've made a horrible mistake. How did I think I could leave the marriage and leave you and leave our child and to me that that was why I did it so all of my rationalizations just came tumbling down in that conversation and that's when the 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 horrible self-loathing and um and really hating him as well for what he you know what he had put us through in a sense um you know you used a word there that uh I think is even a harsher word than shame, and that mm. is loathing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Shame shame denotes, mm-hmm. obviously, a level, but, but loathing mm-hmm. is like I absolutely despise and hate who yeah, I am and what absolutely. I'm about. Right. And so there are women that are dealing with that. There are. On a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just stay for a few days. Mm-mm. Sometimes it can last for a long time. And, you know, it really keys into repentance because we cannot repent fully and be healed until we agree with God. But your rationalization is is what's keeping you sane. 
right? You have to rationalize why you, that that was the best choice, it was the only choice, and this is why I did it. You have to hang on to that. But truly, you cannot repent until you agree with God. So there's this huge crisis there. If you want to come to the Lord and this, and the, and salvation and the washing of the blood of Christ, you have to understand what you have done. Your guilty conscience tells you it was wrong. It tells you that it, that you're guilty, but you have to um, agree with God and then um, wear the pain of that to its full extent, which is what Jesus did for us on the cross, right? But you have to as well. When you're looking at the cross and you're you're um, agreeing with God and you're saying, "Yes, God, I murdered. I took the life. I wrote a check to take the life of my second child." And it's, um, you know, the world wants to say when you come to that agree, quote, agreement with God mm -hmm. is then when you're going to you're going to feel the worst and you don't need to go that yeah. route. The reality is that's when the freedom begins, isn't it? Oh, that's when the freedom starts. Yeah. Hallelujah. What, why is that? What, yeah. what happens in your well, own heart and mind when you begin to yeah. come to the truth? Because God is the one who has ordained reconciliation with man, right? He is the one who, I mean, the gospel is at the very heart of God and the very heart of the gospel is forgiveness of sin, right? And so agreeing with God is, the, is when we're finally agreeing with him and getting right that that blood of Jesus can come to every single sin in our life, not just the ones we think were okay. Everything. There isn't any unforgivable sin, you know, that he cannot wash away with his blood. And yet um, we compartmentalize and we, we think humanly, you know, but really the, the um, abortion is no worse of a sin than stealing a pen. It's sin. It's wrong. The consequences are horrific. Mm. The consequences for having an abortion are horrific. They're far greater than stealing a pen. Right. And there's things I can do. If I stole your pen today, I can, I can call you up and say, look, I stole your pen. I'll right. give it back to you, right? right? There's nothing that you can do to absolve abortion. And I think that that is why um, truly post-abortive men and women are the greatest unreached mission field in the entire United States, in the world, really, but in the United States. They, and, and I can tell you for every unbeliever that comes to our class, I've only met one in 30 years who did not come to Christ because they know there is no other way to absolve that issue in their life except for the blood of Christ. Mm. So you hold out the gospel and you present it in a way that they can understand this is what you've done. This is who God is. This is how we got into this mess, right? At the, the fall of man, sin, entered the world, and walked them through the cross. And 100% of the time, they will grab that because they know there is no other way. They have been to doctors. They have been self-medicating. They have... Um, you know, served in, 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 in soup kitchens or crisis pregnancy centers or whatever, but they know that they're still wearing that guilt and they're not reconciled. And so, you know, 43% of American women have had one or more abortion in their lifetime, 43%. And in some states, it's way higher. We have one of the most unchurched states in the land. So we know that the abortion rate here is probably higher than 43%. And for every woman, there's a man. Yeah, those yeah. are horrific. Well, let's statistics. talk. Let's talk about that because, you know, abortion. It's a woman that gets an abortion, mm -hmm. but there is a man behind it that mm -hmm. sometimes is encouraging her to do it, mm -hmm. and other times who is really struggling and not oh, wanting her, begging to do her it. not to, do begging it. her not, and mm -hmm. it's, and he's still, and there is 
guilt and pain and Absolutely. shame and everything else. Talk about that mm-hmm. for a little bit, about what happens to a man. Yeah. Well, part of, partly, in part, men are created to uh, protect and provide, and that is generally how they fail in that abortion experience. And I think one of the things I hear mostly as a biblical counselor with Healing Hearts is um, women saying that the man said to them, whatever you decide, I'll support you. And they feel like that man is being very supportive and very kind. But really what he's doing is he's objecting his authority a hundred percent. And so he's leaving all of the guilt on her a hundred percent. And then men are really good at that. Men are really good at that. It does not go well. No. And we hear that a lot. Yeah. So at Healing Hearts, we give people an opportunity to seek the Lord for what is my part. I can't repent for my husband's part, Mm -hmm. but I can repent for my part. And, and that's the part that I bring to the, to the Lord, to the cross, to the blood of Jesus. You're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, Director of Local Ministry Development. And today we're with Teresa Rinker with Healing Hearts Ministries. And we'll give this, uh, website at the end of the program, but if you want to know more about Healing Hearts Ministries, you can go to healinghearts.org. That's healinghearts.org. So it it affects men, obviously. Mm -hmm, It affects women's. There's also a a lot of family issues that occur as well. Speak about that. Mm -hmm. Your parenting. um, It definitely affects your parenting. Um, Many women and men uh, after an abortion experience go on to not bonding with their current children. They have a really difficult time bonding because of that. Or they go the opposite extreme where they are so hovering over and so fearful that something will happen to their children that um, that's paralyzing as well for a family, for sure. And I I really like to... to, almost give a challenge to people and say, you do not know how your abortion is affecting your life until you really seek the Lord for that experience and walk through the healing process, whether it's in a ministry like Healing Hearts or whether it's with your pastor or whether it's with you and your Bible. Um, you really don't know how it's affecting your life until after. And 10 weeks later, I there were a myriad of things that were affecting um, that had been affected by abortion that I had absolutely no idea. Mm -hmm. Well, tell me some stories. You told me your story, but tell me some stories about other women who Mm -hmm. have gone through this process and come out the other side with freedom in their hearts. Yeah, because we have, now that we have um, two arms of the ministry, we have the post-abortion arm and then we have the non-post-abortion arm. We have many, many women who've been helped and men who've been helped. And now we have youth division, so we have youth studies as well. I mean, let's face it, God is in a Learjet, and we are in a pedal car trying to keep up with him, right? Mm -hmm. Because he wants to heal his people, right? That's his heart. And really, that's part of what we do is educate the body of Christ about these issues and also um, provide good biblical materials that they can use in their churches. Um, I I can think of this one lady who called um, our director, actually, got through to our director right away and said, would you meet with me? And she said, absolutely. And an hour later, they were meeting for coffee. And she said, well, my director said, well, tell me your story. And she said, I knew that you were the only ministry that would ever understand what I've done. And she said, oh, you've had an abortion. And this lady looked at her and said, no, but I have murdered my child. And she said, but I know that what you did and what I did is pretty much the same. 
The only difference is you didn't know your child that you lost through abortion. You didn't see their face. You didn't get to know them. You didn't have any time on this earth with them. And I did. But I, I murdered my child. Mm. And she went on to minister to this woman. And really, she was right. There really was no difference except for the way that the law looks at it and that there was time spent for that um, crime. Um, but really, we, you could be shocked by that. But in a sense, there was an absolute commonality of wow. that experience, mm. except that one was legal and one was illegal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was tragic. And, but that woman, that beautiful, beautiful woman came out on the other side. And I can tell you that her marriage is wonderful and her husband is now an elder in their church. And it was a very happy ending. But yeah. this gal really knew even more than we knew that she identified with our testimony. And our you stories. know, when you shared your story uh, the last time we spoke and mm -hmm. you were talking about the fear that you had after you had, you had your first child, then you mm -hmm. had an abortion, then you had another child that there was this fear of judgment of God oh, upon, yeah. that, that, that your other child would be sick or mm -hmm. would be something. Would, mm -hmm. and, and, and I was, knew I deserved that. It, yeah, it was almost like you, you... I almost welcomed it. Wow. So that I, would, so that I could pay back and then feel, not, not feel so guilty, right? Mm. Because I didn't know about the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Right? But it was when those ladies that knew the word and they had also had abortions, because in our, in our post-abortion arm of the ministry, only post-abortive people lead those studies. So if you're a man who's had an abortion, you will be ministered to by another man who's been in an abortion process. All of the women who lead those studies are post-abortive, which is, of course, different than our Bible studies mm -hmm. that are for um, other other hurts. Well, if someone wants to get involved mm -hmm. and, and understand more, what do they do? How do, mm -hmm. they, how do they get engaged with you? First thing to do is just go to the website, healinghearts.org. Look at the Bible studies. Now, if you've had an abortion, you're, gonna, you're going to click on the, um, the, the post-abortion study, which is called Binding Up the Brokenhearted. But there's also a drop-down menu for live groups. So drop that menu down and see what different churches, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, but we're in 36 states. I think now in eight foreign countries. So if you have a, a computer and you have a Bible and you can read and write English, you can do our study no matter where you are all over the world. Mm. Um, and the, the Bible study, the online Bible study will connect you with a certified Healing Hearts biblical counselor. And she will walk through that study or he will walk through that study with you online. Or if you're in a group, um, you can go to a local church. And we are not a parachurch organization. We are actually a ministry of the church under the authority of the local pastor. So what we do is we train the women up and send them back to their churches so that they can minister um, in their own church bodies. You know, we've been talking uh, almost primarily about abortion and how it affects women, but you also deal with women with, with uh, other issues. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Talk to me about that. Sexual abuse, domestic violence, um, children who were raised, you know, like in divorced homes and had a, a real difficult time with that. Um, almost, I mean, really anything. Mm -hmm. um, they would be able to go through our hem of his garment study, which is an uh, absolutely beautiful study, again, of restoration and um, searching for your own sin as well, but also addressing the sin of others against you. And we do have some men and women who have that also in their abortion experience where 
their abortion literally was 100% someone else's decision and 0% their decision. Like a young woman in foster care Mm -hmm. who gets um, abused in foster care, becomes pregnant, and then the state of Washington decides she needs to have an abortion. She has zero culpability there. She's she's walking in all the grief and all the pain and all the sorrow and all the trauma. So there's obviously a lot of components, but the beautiful thing is God's word heals. So I would say the hem of his garment study is for all women um, who hasn't been hurt? Who hasn't <laughs> right. been betrayed? Right. We use it in our church with every single woman in our church. Yeah. It's just a fabulous discipleship, biblical counseling where you can, um, you know, I like to think about Jesus in Mark ten fifteen. He, um, blind Bartimaeus, you know, was saying all this stuff about the son of David and they were saying, keep quiet, keep quiet. And Jesus said, come here. And he asked him a question. He said, what do you need me to do for you? And I'm sure the disciples were probably thinking, look, the dude's blind. Of course, heal his blindness. But Jesus didn't, he asked him what he needed. And when you will enter into a relationship with God with a need and you tell him specifically what that need is, that's what happens in both of these, all of these studies is you come for that need. You address, you speak that need and God meets that need with his word. And he brings healing and wholeness and restoration. And, um, I mean, his word works. That's all I know. You know, as I've been listening to you, uh, the scripture that came to my mind at the very beginning, actually in both, uh, both sessions that we've had in our Mm -hmm. interview is, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth (sighs) shall set you free. And uh, we were talking about this earlier that there is a, a real value in being able to Speak out loud oh. what you've done. Absolutely, confession. So to confess that, and the and it's important to who you're confessing to in the mm-hmm. sense of of a godly counselor person who who can really help you walk through that who can confession. Bring the word who can bring the, the word as the balm, yeah, right to that yeah. soul. And and that truth. Mm-hmm. So many you, you you spoke about it earlier. So many have have hidden this reality in their lives and have been spoken to no one about right. it. Mm-hmm. And they, the, part of the healing process is being yeah. able to, to articulate that, to share that, to bring that truth out in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. And to do that in a safe, very confidential place where right. you know that your secret is now going to be handled appropriately and it's not going to become the gossip of the church. And the Lord has gifted you to be able to share your story, even on the radio, but God's not going to make people do that uh, not oh, no. everybody. Oh no, he's not. You know, so if if someone's listening today and they're they thinking, to oh, that, I'm going to no. be afraid that Absolutely I'm going to have not. to do this. No, you know, and I think the beauty of that is, though, is that before you're healed, you're not free with your testimony. It only belongs to you. But once you're healed, you are free because it belongs to God. Yeah. And he can use it in whatever way he wants to as you participate. But he always gives you free will. And he always says, are you willing to do that? And sometimes he, he doesn't, it's not like he makes us feel bad if we say, no, I don't really want to do that right yeah. now. Okay, honey. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you want, your, you want your testimony to belong to God, right? You know, I found, I found that the, the most uh, liberating interviews that I've done have been people who have done some egregious things, mm-hmm. who have truly been healed, because yeah. they're willing to tell you about it, because yeah. they're honest mm-hmm. about where they've been. They've been humbled by the grace yeah. of God in their lives, and they want to share that yeah. 
that they've experienced Absolutely. the grace of God. Yeah. And it's not glorying in the sin that no. was committed. It's glorying in the in the grace that's been extended to you, the your unmerited favor. Exactly. Right. And so in that, then you are able to share your story. Yeah. And in, in, the, in one of the epistles, it talks about you once were. You were yes. murderers. You yes. were, you know, all of these egregious sins. But, but now. But now. Right. He changes our identity. Yeah. And then now you're free to love God and be loved by God as a child of God because there are no hindrances anymore. That's right. It's a really beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. Well, we've got to wrap up here. And uh, we've been speaking with Teresa Rinker, Regional Director, Pacific Northwest of Healing Hearts Ministries International. Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4, binding up the brokenhearted. And uh, thank you for sharing today about helping to bind up those who are brokenhearted. If you want to know more about the ministry, you can go to healinghearts.org. And if these two programs with Teresa have been meaningful to you, uh, feel free to go online to Heart of the City. It's the wordseattle.com click on local programs it says heart of the city you can download the podcast you can listen to the podcast you can share the podcast with someone else and uh, who may need to hear Teresa's story today and so Teresa thank you and God bless you you've been listening to this 820 AM the word special heart of the city for more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM the word call Chuck Olmstead. 206-269-6216 or go to thewordseattle.com.